Hello there, listener, and welcome to another episode of the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall. And before we get to the show today, I have a little something I want to share with you. You know, I don't normally run sponsor stuff and product placement on this show. You've probably noticed that this show is produced on the NASM podcast network, which is why we don't have to do that kind of stuff. We're fortunate enough to have been uh, welcomed into the NASM podcast family. Um, but if you watch on YouTube, you might have noticed that there's an ad that runs before, uh, and that's for NASM's Certified Wellness Coaching course. And here's the deal. Of everything I've done in the last few years, the two things I'm probably most proud of are this show and working on that certification. It is hands down the certification that I wished that I had had a few years into my personal training career. There was a time when I really felt like an alien in the fitness industry, and I recognized that what I was doing was maybe a little different, little left field from some of my colleagues, and it felt like I didn't know where to grow next. And I, you know, I tried yoga, and I tried meditation, and I tried sleep, you know, I tried all these other certs, and really what I was looking for just didn't exist yet. And that's why it was such an honor for me to get to contribute to NASM's Certified Wellness Coaching course. Um, I think it's actually where the fitness and wellness space are headed. I think it's the future of those spaces. It's evidence-based, so you get real science, uh, and it's not just some like mumbo jumbo wellness. It's the real deal. Uh, and, and here's why I'm sharing that with you. NASM is giving listeners of the Better Than Fine podcast and people who follow me on social media a discount on this certification on top of their normal Black Friday deals. So it's stacked on top of the other deal. It's an additional $100 off, which means that those two combined is the lowest price that they have ever offered for this certification. And it's a way to say, hey, if you're someone out there who gets it, and you probably get it because you listen to this show, we want to welcome you and make this accessible for you. So you can head to nasm.org. Uh, you can purchase the Certified Wellness Coaching course and use the promo code Marshall CWC, which is right here on the screen if you're on YouTube. And you, there's also direct links to purchasing with a discount on my Instagram and my LinkedIn. Um, so check it out. DM me if you have questions. I'd love to hear from you. Um, it's been very important to me. It's really transformed the way I work with my clients. I've heard that from a number of people I've coached and mentored as well. Uh, and I'd love for you to check it out. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to it. Uh, so let me set the scene for you. Back in 2014-ish, uh, I listened to the Tim Ferriss show. I, I'm, a, I'm a podcast nerd. I've been a podcast nerd for a long time. That's why I started this show. But back when I was listening to Tim Ferriss, oh, those many years ago, he recommended this journal. And of course, I had to get it because Tim Ferriss said it. I would jump at the time. And it was the first time that I'd been introduced to gratitude journaling. So every day you started off by writing out three things that you were grateful for. And so I did it and it felt awful. So I stopped doing it. And I was really frustrated because here's this thing that this person who I'm listening to, this influencer, the grand poobah of influencers, and it's not working. It's doing the opposite of what it's supposed to do. And I just started to think like, wow, is there, is there something wrong with me? that when I do the gratitude journaling thing, it just feels bad. <laughs> so fast forward to 2018, I'm mid-divorce, and a friend of mine recommended that I take this online Coursera 
Science of Happiness course, um, which you've probably heard me talk about on the show or on socials before. And I loved it. It's based in positive psychology. It was my first introduction to this thing that's become my passion and my purpose in my life. And then we get to the gratitude thing. Dun, dun, dun. And I have just that recoiling, oh no feeling of the gratitude practice. But here's the thing. You know, divorce, divorce does a lot to a person. There is something about disassembling your life down to its component parts, cleaning them all off, and then making the choice to reassemble them in a different shape that changes a person. And for me, it made me a lot more introspective. So I'm trying this gratitude thing at this moment in my life that I'm really struggling and needing tools. And you know, it didn't feel good. <laughs> it felt awful again. But unlike the first time, instead of shoving it away, I got really curious about it. And I started to look at times when I would be expressing thanks or appreciation and what it felt like versus when I was doing the journal. And the spark moment came I'm in the West Village uh, at my favorite bodega on Greenwich Avenue. Um, it's not there anymore. Unfortunately, it's called Mr. Kim's for anybody who's hanging out in the West Village. Um, they, we lost it to the pandemic, but I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't remember if it was Mr. Kim like giving me extras in my lunch. I don't remember if it was somebody just like holding the door. It was something simple like that. But it was something that they didn't have to do. And when they did it, I said thank you and I actually felt it. I felt the authentic appreciation for the gesture of a stranger doing something kind for me in a way that the journaling just didn't feel like. It, you know, there was something that was different. And in that curiosity, that examination of this, you know, this thing that, that didn't, oh, is there something wrong with me? I started looking at, well, what's, what's different? What is different when it, it's this authentic expression of my emotional experience? And what I realized is it wasn't something I was being told to do. So I want to unpack that a little bit more. Like many others I know, I grew up in a way that either literally or metaphorically, in my case, metaphorically, it's the smacked in the back of the head and say, thank you. You know, you've, you've been conditioned that there are certain things that you're just supposed to say thank you for. Uh, and your parents or your guardians, your caregivers find an aggressive way to reinforce that, you know, metaphorical or literal, in some cases, smacked in the back of the head, say thank you. And we all know that kid who then goes like, oh, thank you, because they've been told to. And that isn't gratitude. That's obligation. But for whatever reason, and let me be super clear, I don't blame my parents. Not only were they doing the best they could, but they're not responsible for how my mind and my nervous system interpret everything. And so my mind and my nervous system interpreted the obligation of say thank you and miswired it as gratitude. And so when I would go to practice gratitude, I was really making a list of the things that I soft quotes here should feel grateful for. Uh, and it didn't feel good. <laughs> it literally was just a list of that feeling of obligation. You know, my home, my partner, my food, my whatever, no emotional connection. It's just 
this is what I'm supposed to feel. And if you've listened to the show, you know, supposed to is one of those words we try to unpack uh, and not, you know, not avoid, but reframe. Shame, blame, and guilt, three horsemen of the emotional apocalypse. I think obligation might be their ugly cousin. Uh, You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Arlene Marshall, and we're unpacking this difference between gratitude and obligation. And gratitude isn't obligation, but I can't even tell you how many times I've encountered this conversation with people. Um, You know, obligation might be the ugly cousin of shame, blame, and guilt. And when I would try to make these lists, I would feel ashamed that I didn't feel more grateful. So the whole exercise would just backfire. So over the years, I've shared this experience with clients and friends and workshops and students when people have told me, oh, I I don't practice gratitude. I don't like that. It doesn't work for me. And then when I unpack this story for them, like, oh my God, that's what that is. (laughs) And the spark of realization that they knew exactly what I was talking about. And it's why they felt like this wasn't going to work for them. So the thing that so many of these gratitude journals, these vapid Instagram posts aren't telling you is that in order to get the emotional, the cognitive, the stress reducing benefits of a gratitude practice, you have to actually feel the gratitude. It has to be authentic. It has to spark the real thing in you or else it's not doing anything to change your brain or your body or your nervous system. So if you're like me, you've been over here practicing gratitude. You've actually been practicing obligation, excuse me. It's it's gonna feel bad. <laughs> so, so what's the deal with gratitude? We're gonna back it up for a second. Let's talk about gratitude research because I wanna, there's so much out there about gratitude that I wanna be really clear about why you might want to practice it, and what we actually know about how to make the practice useful and authentic. So let's let's dive into the science for a second. It's not a magic bullet. Science is pretty clear. It's not like you wave the magic gratitude wand and you feel better, and it doesn't actually work for everybody every way all the time. So let's just level that playing field to start. But we do know that improves psychological well-being overall, right? There's a general improvement to psychological well-being. In a 2021 meta-analysis, so a meta-analysis is when you look at all the available scientific research on a particular topic and you pull out like the themes, the major takeaways, you're looking at like, what are the big things that we can see from this big pool of research so that we can make practice recommendations or protocol references? Instead of just like cherry picking one study, because one study, you know, it might not be thorough. It might not be a big enough group. There might be other problems. So in a 2021 meta-analysis by Craig's and Shaven's, it shows that that there's a very modest benefit to anxiety and depression symptoms when we practice gratitude. But the thing is about that meta-analysis, the tools in that meta-analysis were about one single instance of gratitude practice. So if you just do it once, these negative life effects, you get like a mild improvement. There's a 2020 meta-analysis of all of the different gratitude practices, and it measures the effects of repeatedly practicing gratitude over eight to 10 weeks. 
And what that found is that when you have repeated practice over an extended period of time, that's when we see boost to well-being, increased uh, quality of life, and the deep decreases in depression, anxiety, stress, all of that. And then on the positive psychology side, which we know is like, instead of mitigating the negative, we're adding the positive. We see where gratitude boosts mood. It increases what we call pro-social behavior, which essentially translates to nice, like you're being kind. That's pro-social behaviors. Uh, and you're more likely to feel good about your whole life and your day itself um, when we're practicing gratitude regularly. So if we look at this whole body of evidence and we kind of boil it down to its delicious essence, don't only do it once. That's why we call it a practice. It's got to be ongoing. So that's like thing one about gratitude. So we know we need to actually feel it for it to be authentic. We know we need to practice it regularly. We got to do it more than once. But the most common practice out there that people encounter is these gratitude journals. So do gratitude journals actually work? We're going to dive into that, but you're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and we're talking about gratitude over obligation. So let's talk about if these gratitude journals actually work, because they are out there, and they've been being recommended for well over a decade, and I think they're here to stay. The answer to that question, do they actually work? Well, kind of. And that's because writing in a gratitude journal is a really mild emotional experience. Gratitude journaling doesn't have a huge emotional impact. It's just like a steady little drip, which is important. They matter. And you got to have a regular practice. It's kind of like meditating. Meditating isn't a big emotional experience. It's this regular little drip. So if you think about this like in the opposite context, there's a big difference between stubbing your toe and breaking your foot. Gratitude practice is stubbing your toe. And if you want a really effective, excuse me, gratitude journaling is like stubbing your toe. If you want a big, effective emotional experience, you have to go bigger in gratitude. It has to be a much oomphier experience in order to have a bigger shift and change in yourself. So just sitting and making a list of the things that you feel good about isn't going to be a big enough oomph, right? It's not stubbing your toe. We want breaking your foot. Um, but in the positive way. So flip that metaphor the other way. Um, and for this, we're going to turn to a classic positive psychology exercise. If you know anything about positive psychology, you know the name Martin Seligman. And back when Seligman first started teaching positive psychology, back in the 90s, uh, they were coming up with the first of what positive psychology practitioners call positive interventions. Ooh. Uh, and this is one of the classic original positive interventions. It is called the gratitude letter. And I'm going to talk you through it right now in case you want to use it yourself. So bookmark this time. Um, so you're going to sit down and you're going to think of someone who's had a truly positive impact in your life. Someone who guided you, who supported you, who really did something that they didn't have to do, but was meaningful to you in, in powerful ways, but whom you've never properly thanked for that positive impact. And from that reminiscence, you're going to craft a letter to them, compose a letter. Personally, I dig handwritten, but you do you. Nothing wrong with typing it up. But here's the kicker. 
the most effective version of this exercise would be that you go to that person and you read them the letter aloud so that you share a moment of authentic appreciation with them directly. Now, the obvious alternative here would be to just give them the letter or mail it to them without reading it. And I'll, I'll admit, I have a few people in my life who they aren't very emotional people. They would have found it very embarrassing for me to read the letter to them. So I gave it to them. But in all of those instances, they came back to me later and told me what it meant to them to receive it. So we still had that moment of connection. It's just not as powerful as if you read the letter themselves. Um, so that's really the big, powerful gratitude intervention, the gratitude practice for when you need a real oomph to that appreciation system and you want the big splash of all of those benefits, right? The stress reduction, the mood boost, yes, yes, yes. It, sometimes we need something more powerful than just journaling. Um, so what do we do with this information? How do we weave all of this together in a meaningful way. Um, first, take a page from that story. Get curious. If you're trying to practice gratitude and it doesn't feel good, is it possible that you've had your own experience that has maybe scrambled the signal a little bit on the whole gratitude thing? And can you relate to the emotions that you are having? Uh, and if you wanna dive a little deeper about that, remember that emotions are information. And if you need some more information about that, you could go listen to episode 110, which is titled Emotions or Information. Uh, and that's from June 23rd of 2022. And so get curious about the emotional landscape that you're experiencing. If when you go to practice gratitude, you're not actually getting, you know, those benefits that we've been taught to think that you should. Um, and as we approach American Thanksgiving and the other end of your holidays, you know, we're we're told that we are told that we are supposed to appreciate all of these things that we have. So can you find some intentionality around your daily practice of that appreciation and gratitude? How could you fine tune your own emotional landscape as you come into this time of year that there is a lot of obligation around what we're supposed to do? Um, so remember, it's got to be authentically experienced in order to get the benefits. Um, you know, we're really not interested in toxic positivity here on Better Than Fine. So that's why I'm saying like, okay, unpack it if it's obligation, relate to it in an authentic way. Don't bluster through it because that's not actually real. It's not true of you. And if you want some more information on toxic positivity, that episode was June 9th. Um, and then I want to add to that this other layer about gratitude and appreciation and this moment that we're all in and share, you know, what are you authentically grateful for? And if nothing comes up, let me take a page from the book, uh, the not literal book, the figurative book of a friend of the podcast, Scott Barry Kaufman, shout out Scott, if he's listening, he talks about existential gratitude. It's being grateful that you exist. And when I heard him recently speaking about that, I immediately thought, but what about the people who don't feel grateful for their existence right now? That there's so much challenge in the world that some people don't experience that as gratitude. They're experiencing it as obligation. Uh, and what I realized was, well, there's probably someone else 
that they are grateful that exists. And immediately, of course, I thought of my grandmother. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know how much I love my grandmother. Um, so if you're struggling in all of these other gratitude associations, who do you have existential gratitude for? Who are you grateful that they exist in the world? And can you connect with that and maybe write the letter about that? It doesn't have to be the classic in order for it to be good. You know, how many remixes out there are really powerful? All right. And if you need to call in the big whammy, write a gratitude letter or two. Go off and read them to somebody. And for me, this is not something that I do at regular intervals. And I'm going to tell you why. I will do a gratitude letter when I feel stuck. I feel like blue or down or like off, but I can't really parse out why. And it's not like a thing I need to go to therapy to deal with. It's just kind of like I'm funky and I can't get out of it. I'll write a gratitude letter then and use the tool that way. And the reason I don't do it as a regular interval is I don't want to desensitize myself to that tool. It's such a meaningful tool that our bodies, our nervous system, we will adapt to something we consistently do. Any routine practice begins to like tail off and lose efficacy after a while. So using the gratitude letter when you need it, instead of all the time, keeps it as like a potent, I don't know, emotional medicine. I, I even hesitate for that phrase because I don't want to promote the idea that like you're treating something with it. It's just a, a way to adapt and respond and craft the experience that you want for yourself. All right, last bit of practice here. If in your holidays, something comes up and feels difficult and you struggle to feel grateful, that's okay. Maybe you do feel obligation with the family stuff coming up. And if that's the case, I wanna send you off with a reminder of the choose to reframe. It's the number one thing I teach every client. I think it's the most powerful bit of IP I've ever come up with. Pat myself on the back on that one. Uh, and if you want to dive deeper on it, you can go listen to episode 115. It's Unsticking Motivation. It's July 22nd of 2022. Um, but short version, when you catch yourself feeling that thing of obligation, you respond to yourself with, okay, I'm choosing to do this, whatever this is, because... And then responding with the authentic, true thing to remind yourself that it is actually a choice. Even if you feel obligation, I'm choosing to go to this family thing because. I'm choosing not to tell off that family member who's triggering me because. Um, and if you want, like I say, if you want more on that reframing tool, go check out that episode on sticking motivation. And... That's my thoughts on this whole gratitude obligation thing. I have had so many interactions with the whole gratitude practice thing, but for me, no one had ever unpacked what to do if it doesn't work, what to do if it doesn't feel good. Um, and it really is meaningful as somebody who really struggled and felt like an alien. I felt like something was wrong with me because the gratitude didn't work. So hopefully this has helped you to connect to that bit of yourself as we head into what I now think of as gratitude season. Uh, happy American Thanksgiving to everyone in America and um, just a genuine expression of appreciation. I am so grateful that I get to do this show every week. Um, when I went to grad school, it was really with the intention that I would shift my scope 
and be able to help people in accessible ways. And that's why I started this show. Um, and I am so fortunate that this year it has joined the NASM Podcasting Network and we've been able to reach more people. Um, I'm deeply grateful to my producer, Eric, and to you, our listeners, because there would not be better than fine if there wasn't people out there to listen and enjoy it and to share it with us. Um, and so I want to invite, if you have questions, I genuinely do want to hear from you. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very easy to find there. On Instagram, I'm darlene.coach. You can shoot me an email. It's info at darlene.coach. And if you do get something out of this show, there's lots of ways that you could help us. But one of those meaningful things other than subscribing would be to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this. Or if you're on YouTube, uh, give us a subscribe, give us a like so that the algorithm gives us a little bump. Um, and if you're going to share on any social media channels, tag me. I want to connect with you um, so that we can vibe together. And we're going to have a Q&A show coming up. So feel free to shoot me any questions, uh, things that you want addressed on the show. I would love to hear from you. Thank you yet again, and happy American Thanksgiving to all of those who are celebrating.